200, 300 people who are your friends. You're just seeing their content. You're just seeing their worldviews. That's it. Versus TikTok, where it's more discovery. I'm not actually seeing my mate's content. I'm seeing content based on my interests. And what the really great thing with TikTok is we have so much data to really start to dig in and understand what interest groups in subtalks are looking for. That's my guest, Jacob Arnott. This episode is a little bit different, but I think very valuable for anyone and everyone that's interested in TikTok. Jacob Arnott is the founder and MD of his own agency, We The People. It's four years old, and in Jake's own words, he's a baby. He's 24 years old. He has a team of 12 and clients like Jetstar. Not only are there two agencies that formally partner with TikTok in Australia, We The People is one of them. And in our chat, we chat about everything from how he started, how he would start a brand's TikTok account today, and where he sees all of this going. His main advice, no surprise, is just to get on TikTok because it will only get harder to jump on later. This episode is sponsored by Aloka. Aloka are a brand new location hire service. They're sort of like the Airbnb of location hires. You look through locations, you put through a booking request, you can chat directly with your host, making any last minute changes or questions really easy, book by the hour even. There is full transparency on pricing and They have these really cute tabs to shortlist your favorite locations to share with your team or save for your next shoot. I love that you can book these for short bookings too. It's super affordable. And after that chat with Jacob, I'm sure that we're going to be seeing smaller productions shooting content more regularly. Where Aloka is the perfect fit. Head to aloka.com.au and browse their locations in your state. Welcome to Process the Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Thomas, motion director and founder of production company Cinematom. I can't wait to bring you into the world of some of my guests, Australia's most prolific creatives working in fashion, media and design landscapes as we unpack their unique creative process. <laughs> okay, so I'm on the pod on with pod. Jacob Arnott. Do you call, like, but every, all your staff call you Jacob? Jacob, yeah. But are you Jake or Jake? First name, I'm Jacob. Yeah, not Jacob. Jake. Not Jake. I've called you Jake. That's so Have you? awkward. You know, the only other person that calls me Jake is my mum. That's intimate. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay, so cool. welcome to the welcome to the pod. <laughs> welcome in. My first question <laughs> when I met you was, "Are you from the Arnott's dynasty?" Yeah, way back. When. <laughs> yeah, but I was kidding. No, no, like it's it's like. If you go back on the family tree, and yeah. I was talking to my dad about this a little while ago, if you go back on the family tree, there's like a spot where it's like, oh, William Arnott, who's the Arnott's Biscuits guy yeah. in Newcastle, um, one of his brothers is where my kind of like line comes from. Okay. So it's not exactly exactly us, right. but kind of is. So you're kind of like Eugenie to the Queen. Pretty much. Yeah. So like a distance, Huge. still same rep, but I, like I don't know, <laughs> definitely not the money. <laughs> <laughs> there are some Fair. some some cashed up aunts there on the set coast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, amazing. So we met because we both work at the Commons. Yes. And you did a workshop on TikTok at the Commons. Yeah. And you're from an agency that you founded called We the People. Yep. Tell me about We the People. What We're is the people. it? Um, so we make brands great storytellers uh, in one sentence. Uh, <laughs> That's also on the website. Isn't there's it? also on the website. You can find it with the Um What we what we really do, and I guess what we've sort of been working on over the past, uh, we're coming up to four five years now. Mm. So it's been a little while. Um, is really focusing answering the question: How can we make 
moments matter on social right. for our brand partners. And when we sort of talk about making moments matter, it's really going, you know, we can make content relevant. And I think that's the first thing is going, ah, oh, when you're scrolling through your Instagram feed or mm. your Facebook or your TikTok, oh, that's relevant to me. I'm interested. Cool. So what? I guess the question that we really spend a lot of time thinking about is going, okay, how do we make that really, really relevant yeah. in the sense that that moment for you, it's not just, oh, that was an interesting story. That was an interesting video, but I'm actually going to go do something about it. Yeah, right. Because that for us is a great story is one that you want to go and tell somebody else. Um, and you go, oh, guess what? I heard or I saw this, this was really interesting or this really moved me. So a lot of the right. time that we're focusing on is going, how do we make those those moments, that social post, that campaign, that TikTok, that that paid campaign, uh, not just, oh, that was relevant, that was a bit interesting, but actually matter a little bit more to you because the more we can make, you know, those stories that and those moments that matter, the more likely you're going to go do something about it. Right. And how big is your team? Are we people? We're 12 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Which is great. And then overnight, we've had some astonishing news from Facebook. We've had some fun news from Facebook that they're becoming like TikTok as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be hiring. <laughs> so we'll be hiring. Um, yeah, we've, we've grown uh, really significantly over the past six, 12 months now, which has been really exciting. Um, so when you set out though, did you, because the workshop that you hosted was TikTok. So my initial impression from you was like, oh wow, you're a TikTok agency. And then yeah. I introduced you and got you involved to sort of present yeah. to, came out during COVID. Yeah. And then, so did you kind of start your expertise in TikTok and now you're an everything agency? Yeah. Well, we were originally an everything agency, to be honest. So, and I think here's the really kind of interesting spot for us is that we were originally an everything social digi agency, just like every other social digi agency out there. Um, But probably about two and a half years ago now, we were like, oh, we think this thing from America called TikTok is starting to make some rumblings, maybe we should pay attention to it and actually put some effort into figuring out how the heck, you know, this could yeah. be practical for brands, even before it was kind of like, you know, there was a paid piece and, yeah. you know, where we kind of chatted to, to TikTok, there was one person in Shanghai looking after all of Australia and New Zealand, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, since then kind of we've really sort of spent a lot of time in that TikTok space, growing out our capability, but very much we're still at you know, a general kind of social digital agency where we run paid campaigns for our clients and we do Facebook stuff and we do um, video campaigns outside of TikTok. Um, But definitely, I guess, where we're sort of seeing social shift at the moment, that kind of TikTok capability and expertise that we've been spending a lot of time on now, um, you know, we're coming to three years down the road is really starting to pay off where the world is at the moment. And you've got a really unique relationship with TikTok, don't you, as an agency? Yeah, yeah. So every time I talk to you, you're like one step closer into being in bed with TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a we've got a really great fun partnership uh, with TikTok um, right. in the sense of you know we we actually became one of their badged marketing partners uh, here in Australia last year, which is really exciting. Are there a few of those? Uh, I think there's two of us. That's uh, insane. Which is really exciting. Um, and then we also work with um, some of the TikTok growth team out of uh, Beijing, so helping them you know, create the creative to get TikTok to grow here in Australia. So we like to claim a little bit of that <laughs> success yeah, as well. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But also you're incredibly young. Yeah, I'm a baby. For what you do. Yeah. How old are you? I am 24. That's insane. So yeah. when did you start it? Uh, I started at 20, yeah. That's when you registered. The, are you a PTY or Yep. We are uh, proprietary. When you say bit, we, yeah. was it we. just you at the time? 
It was. And now we. But were we? Were we? We the people? <laughs> or are we? It's not a me. It's a we. <laughs> we're a team. That's insane. Yeah. So what was the plan? Did you start with one client that like just kind of landed on your doorstep and then all of a sudden you had a company or like how did that come to be? Yeah. Well, before um, before we started with the people, um, I ran a sports publication called The Turf uh, and it was really focusing on football, soccer culture here in Australia. When did you start that? I started that just when I finished school. Okay. Um, so like throughout uni. I'm like, um, when did you squeeze in this Just squeezing everything publication. in. <laughs> squeezing <laughs> Squeezing everything, I, I, you know, I got my kind of like passion projects, and that was definitely one of them. Um, yes. I really liked, you know, football, and um, you know, really liked kind of the media marketing side of things, and that was where I kind of landed in, in making a, uh, a publication. And I guess off the back of, of that, we um, grew that. Had like a volunteer team of like writers and photographers who were really contributing to it. It was great, um, and then probably got to a spot where I was like, all right, let's see if we can make this um, commercially viable mm. into something that you know we could actually take to market and, you know, deliver some value to some people um, and make some money out some money out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what we found pretty quickly was that running a publication alongside, you know, your nines, your news corps is just like not viable whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just doesn't make sense. Um, but yeah. we, we had some really great opportunities to partner with like Nike and Adidas and, and do some content partnerships for them. Um, and uh, I guess kind of off the back of that, we were sort of like, oh, how about we, what have we thought about doing a bit of a content studio um, where we yeah. could make branded content for um, our partners who want to work with us. They can use it on their own channels. We could you know, Was, were you in business with else. anyone else? No, at this stage. Okay, because I also have the habit of saying we, and everyone's like, who's we? I was like, ah, <laughs> just me. <laughs> it's good leadership. <laughs> we're a team. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and so what we um, – oh, there we go, we again. Um, for us, we sort of went down that path, and I remember kind of really distinctly having having a conversation with the, the team at, at Adidas when we were looking to try and get some more sponsorship for um, yeah. our – our publication for, you know, the upcoming months and had a really interesting conversation with like, hey, look, you know, we really like you guys. We really like the insight that you bring, but we just don't need your channel anymore, right. um, which was really kind of a like, oh, heck, <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck kind of moment. Um, and so what we kind of pivoted out of that was, you know, um, what we called Turf Studio, um, where, you know, we were able to sort of start to make some branded content for, for partners and then that kind of revamped into We The People um, into right. where we are now. So um, we're kind of got a really great, you know, opportunity there through the, the the background that we had with the turf where we were able to go, hey, Adidas is our first foundation client yeah. and doing some project work for um, them there. And then kind of since then we've, you know, focused yeah. on building out more clients, more work. More so partners. how did you, as a content studio, how did you begin that? Because you're not necessarily a videographer or an editor of content yourself yeah what kind of how did you start what was your role there were you just sort of i guess creative directing and you were coming up with the ideas being like this is sick yeah yeah a bit of everything a bit of a one-man band to be honest um and i think kind of starting that the really great um opportunity that we sort of had through um the turf was um we had a network of really great kind of creatives who like we love football um, right. We love getting in this space um, and, you know, did some really, really great work as well. So it was a really great opportunity to kind of like pull them in on projects when it made sense. Yeah. So if we've got the option to do something, let's let's pull people in. And I guess that's probably a, a really big thing that's still really, you know, essential to the heart of what with people is at the moment is around partnerships. Mm. So who can we pull in? 
who can help us do a really great job um, in partnership to do that. So um, I'd sort of say that network that we had through there really drove a lot of that, those creative outcomes and then just me kind of doing everything and learning on the fly as well. Was your network uni contacts? Uh, no more. And other people like yourself? or were More you- outside, yeah. So oh. probably through that football kind of community. It's really interesting. I sort of say the football community in Australia, I want to say football, I mean soccer. Um, right is quite tight-knit where there's, you know, a number of kind of specific creators on Instagram or um, writers, you know, there's not heaps, but everyone kind of knows each other. So it was really kind of great space through, you know, the turf and getting to meet those people um, to to build up that network. You know, ultimately that's kind of the network that I sort of took through to as we started out with the people. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. So when you started with the people, how, who was your first hire? First hire was Jamie, who's our director of client services. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, came off the back of being a, a chief marketing officer at Federation University. Um, and we just started doing some work with a university client and kind of, um, you know, got to, got to connect in with him um, and just sort of say, hey, look, this is what we're thinking. This is what we want to do. Do you want to jump on? And he jumped on part-time and then kind of since then, as we've, we've grown and added new partners mm. onto the roster um, and grown our team has been a really, you know, pivotal part. Because I can imagine there would be probably a quite a niche population but still a big one of creators. I mean, even I'm in that boat of we have one skill set but then we wear many hats in order to grow yeah. the business and have yeah. fulfilled the vision. It's like, great, I've got to hire somebody. Did you actually, like, create a JD, a job description, or did you just poach him and were like, hey, I want to chat to you, and then you just had a really honest chat? Yeah, probably the second, probably the latter. <laughs> yeah, I think so because, like, you know, ultimately when, yeah, you know, in our agency, in my experience, it was we needed to be a team of generalists. Yeah. Like everyone needed to wear three hats, and to be honest, like you still, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're a growing team, yeah. but everyone still wears multiple hats. Um, we don't have the luxury of a 40-person team at the moment yeah. where I can just sit in my silo and that's all I do. Um, so, you know, I think it's, you know, kind of that, all right, we're going on a bit of a bit of a journey here. It's going to be a bit of a wild ride, but this is the vision. This is where we want to head to because we think there's something really special in it as well. Was it hard bringing somebody on when you were that young? Was there trepidations from Jamie? Uh, not that you know yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, naturally, I think there probably would be. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm kind of, when I kind of always talk about what we do, you know, you can't, I'm very much like, a, you know, we've got a job to get done here. If you want to do it, great, yeah. awesome, come along with us. <laughs> I'm really excited and pumped for you to join us. If that's not for you, that's not for you, and that's completely fine. So, um, yeah. Did you have a struggle within yourself of like, because I've always, I think, doubted my ability, not necessarily to manage people, but like insecurities creep in of like, am I doing this right? Yeah. Especially yeah. being so young. I mean, I started Tom when I was 24, yeah. I think. Now I'm yeah. 30. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and I think it's definitely probably the thing that I spend the most time thinking about going, okay, um, how do I, you know, almost lead beyond my capabilities, yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. But at the same time, I also think that's, you know, um, I've been really fortunate to have a really great group of kind of mentors um, who 
you know, have done it kind of before. Mm. And, you know, the kind of feedback I hear from them is going, hey, that kind of feeling never changes. Um, no matter what mm. position you're in, you're always kind of leading beyond your capability. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of took comfort in that. And it's probably like taking a little bit of time around going, getting comfortable in the uncomfortable and going, hey, you know, we've got a vision, we've got a direction, but how do you actually manage the people part behind that as well to bring them along that journey as well is really, yeah, it's probably the most challenging part, but it can also be the most rewarding part as well. So when you're obviously leading a team, mm. is there anything that you would change in how it's been? It's five years, right? Yeah. How it's been for the past five years in hindsight? In hindsight. Um, I don't know. There's, I think there's always things that you can always do better. Yeah. And hindsight is always going to give you that like, oh, damn, I wish I had that conversation a little bit differently or I wish I came in a little bit stronger on this. Or, um, but I actually ultimately think like the reason, you know, we're kind of able to do what we're doing today and have the team that we have is because of those lessons that if I didn't learn them yeah. in year one and two, it wouldn't have, you know, it, we wouldn't be kind of where we are now. Yeah. So like- yeah, I think there's definitely kind of situations like, wow, I I stuffed that up. That was that was. What are stupid. some of the lessons? Can you share any of them? Oh, just like you know, um, I should have had a bit more of a direct conversation with somebody a little bit earlier around you know what we're okay with and what we're not okay with, mm. and just let that go. And then it's kind of like a problematic behavior that's you know impacting work. Now I know that sounds really dramatic, but like. <laughs> You know, even just like really small things that I go, oh, wow, if we did that better, that'd be different. Or, you know, I wish I was more proactive about setting this up or going and, you know, um, you know, setting up our finances a little bit better so we had yeah. better oversight. Or <laughs> that case. Um, but like very much so, it's in like the mindset of like, okay, you're a one-man band, you got to get it done. You've kind of got, you know, all these different competing priorities. How do you kind of? prioritize and like the number one priority that I keep going up is like growth but you know mm. you can't growth 100% and neglect everything else it's kind of like yeah how do you find that balance and so I guess I probably look back and go those those you know the past kind of years to date has been learning and I'm kind of getting better at the balance mm. I think I hope so <laughs> <laughs> well that's good too yeah no I think you are I think with the way that your team responds to you is mm. pretty remarkable. Like mm. the way that we were on set together for quite a large brand, which mm. I'm seeing everywhere, by the way. I'm mm. targeted with my own content Good. and I'm loving it. <laughs> I screenshot it all the time and I'm like, wait, I made this. Why do I need to screenshot it? Yeah, but I like yeah. fangirl myself. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, you gotta, I made you it. you got to celebrate it. Why not? <laughs> More just because I'm so happy that it's out there and it's getting, yeah. I guess, that it's getting used. It's always so yeah. thrilling when you see your own work on a sponsored ad. You're oh, like, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Like even like, you know, um, I think it's just kind of like that, that anti like social media story, but especially when you kind of do a billboard and you see some out of home stuff. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I think we should be on the train of going, oh, like if it's not on social, like, you know, your brand's doing it wrong. But like there's still something about seeing a, a billboard with, you know, some work that you've done. Yeah. And just like insane. get a photo in front of it. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I'm waiting for the day that that work goes on those huge airport video screens. Yeah. You know how like, yeah. like Mecca's got them. Yeah. There's a couple of other yeah. Aussie ones and I'm like, oh, I want an airport screen. I think the airport <laughs> screen, yeah. That's <laughs> such the, a cool stream. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's a spot. Because where else is there like video screens necessarily? That there's just ev- there's some everywhere. Chadston actually. Yeah, like all the retail panels. Yeah, yeah, for Australia for Australian creators to walk through a huge mall like Westfield or Chatty. Yeah. And walk through and know that you've done at least one or two that season. That is such a good yeah, feeling. Yeah. It's so <laughs> good. And it used to be like when I would test shoot a lot, I used to be seeing models. I'd be like, oh my god! Like Ray Rodriguez would be everywhere one season. Bruno, yeah. who is yeah. a guest on this pod, would be everywhere like one season. Walking yeah. down, you'd be like, see if cotton on sports yeah. girl like everyone yep. and then but when all of a sudden you see your work i'm like oh <laughs> no one told me and then also i've had the issue of being like wait i didn't give you that usage but then i'm so stoked <laughs> <laughs> and then oh like depending on who's in my company like sometimes i'm even with some of my own creators because yeah. we'll be doing something for chadston or for yeah. westfield and they'll be yeah. like yeah wait what we didn't get paid for that <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a chat. I'm like, good, but you're like, ooh, yeah, shouldn't set let's that. Standard. Have this chat <laughs> offline, and we'll figure that out. Um, but I think also some of my lessons would be that, like the usage, yeah. and then not having those things in writing and figuring all that out. Yeah. But it's a, it's the wild west now with. Yeah, Facebook becoming TikTok overnight. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, what are you seeing yeah. with brands? How? Are you, what are you seeing brands do wrong, and what are you seeing brands do right? Uh, in social or in TikTok or in everything? In everything. In everything. Um, let's, I mean, what is, uh, should we talk about what your favourite brands are that are just killing it? Like what brands do you take inspiration from? <sighs> like I know a lot of photographers are like obsessed with what Gucci does because they take you away from the world of just that piece of clothing and they bring you into the world of Gucci. They've created an entire environment where every single touch point of the brand mm. is is of the world they've created and you yeah. can't escape it. Even the e-com is like, is that. And yeah. it's so cool and creative and it's really making a statement. So are there any yeah. brands that you're seeing with their the worlds that they're creating and the touch points that they're putting out that you're like, oof, that's good? Um, in America, absolutely. Mm. Um, I think here not so much yet yeah um and that's what we're here to change yeah um like i think probably the the general kind of trend without kind of like naming specific brands is that i think in socials america and american and british brands as well have have gotten to the point where they're like hey we're having fun on social media no matter what yeah where you know you've got mcdonald's tweeting you know basically just shit posting all day every day (laughs) towards burger king and burger king shit posting back on twitter and then, like, the content's really whack and wild. Um, but I think here in Australia, the content is always and has been to date, like, really conservative. Yeah. It's like, oh, we couldn't say that possibly or we're a little bit more sensitive around how our brand becomes fun and loose in that social environment. Do you, do you know why that is? I don't know. Just because f- we take from the other Western cultures yeah. where it's slower off the mark. I, definitely a bit slower off the mark. Like I think every kind of trend that happens in the States and the in the UK probably gets here 18 months later, which yeah. is great for, you know, when we're sort of planning around <laughs> Strategy. what brand looks like. It's, <laughs> okay, let's learn from overseas and like see what we can bring back here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's really weird because it's kind of like the opposite of what would sort of say Australian culture is a bit more laid back, a bit more relaxed, yeah. you know, less uptight. But I actually think that we're probably more um, controlling around that kind of execution around brand, um, which is really important. And I think there's probably, um, you know, a, a number of different reasons around why that why that's happened. But I think where overseas brands do really well, really well is they go, okay, we're, we're 
we're controlling our brand execution to the point that we need to maintain a certain image to impact people to, you know, get them to, um, you know, buy our product or um, visit our stores or, you know, renew subscription to our service. Um, but they've all already gone ahead and made space around going, how do we actually execute this in a social environment that's yeah. really unique? So, hey, we're happy to have fun. Hey, we're happy for our, um, you know, the way that our brand's present- presented to be a little bit more lo-fi, a little bit more rough around the edges. We're going to have a little bit more fun and play with our tone of voice um, versus uh, I think here to date has been a little bit more stiff. Mm. It's like, oh, we need to go through three layers of approval. And then as soon as you go through three layers of pr- approval, it's changed before yeah, it does it not look like sand. it did. <laughs> and it just doesn't look like it, it did. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think, you know, I think brands are starting to come along to that well. And I think a brand who's doing that really, really well here in Australia is Telstra at the moment. Like, mm-hmm. I even noticed on LinkedIn when I was walking in here, they did a LinkedIn post because Microsoft Teams was down yesterday for like two hours. Um, you know, Australia thanks you for a long lunch or something, you know, like that, like kind of corporate shit posty, but a little bit more relevant, responsive, bit more fun versus something that you might probably expect a telco to put out, you know, um, a bit more, you know, tie on kind of thing. Really sorry for any inconvenience. Really sorry. (laughs) Really sorry. Um, but yeah, like I think that kind of space around having fun with social as a platform and just going, what are those expectations? you know, for, for marketers and brand teams around going, what are we expecting to get out of socials? Um, I think, yeah, there's definitely a shift in around what those expectations are. Um, you know, th- there's been this kind of performance wave where, hey, you could buy Facebook ads, literally put any creative on it and it'll drive you sales. Um, we're now kind of moving out of that era where, you know, uh, cookies are falling apart, Google's cutting them <laughs> off, Facebook's <laughs> cutting them off. So all this data that we had is gone and now we actually have to go back to the board and go, the drawing board and go, okay, how do we how do we figure out creative again so that we can have creative and media in the same conversation? Or, yeah. you know, how do we actually go um, and make the content that we put out or the conversations we have a little bit more fun and actually treating social like a, a two-way street as it definitely should be rather than just mm. a channel that we throw money at and drive ads to and that's that's about it. So, yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's probably those brands that are coming out of the, the states who are doing it really well have probably been able to quantify internally going, okay, what do we actually see the value of these low-touch you know, mm-hmm. nothing too serious engagements? Um, what's the value of them? And it's actually going, well, if we engage with people at that level for long enough, we're actually probably building up a really solid base of brand equity in their mind so that when they go, I'm a little bit hungry, should I should I go uh, buy a burger from or, um, ooh, um, you know, I'm looking for a new fit, where should I go have a, go have a look? Yeah. That, that kind of equity, um, you know, is already built up. Right. Do you, like you're so fluent in this world, obviously you need to be, for the success of your own business. Have you had to surround yourself with other people in this world to be as plugged in as you are? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like do have you stuck it out with uni friends and other friends and made new friends and all that with because like even I found that it's so when you're really going for something and you've got yeah. your high school friends and your uni friends yeah. and you're like, yeah, I manage a team of 12 people. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's. It's interesting because I definitely think like I like my personality is like quite 
obsessive yeah. and like I'm in this kind of um, this space and like um, I'm obsessed with it. Like it's <laughs> it's tell. super nerdy, but <laughs> I, I love, love it. it. Yeah, it's great. And that's like you know that's the kind of fuel that drives all these ideas and go, oh, hell, it's made me think about doing this. So let's go explore that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really try to kind of like separate the two yeah. and going, okay, I'm on, I'm working, I'm off, I'm not. Now that sounds like work life balance, but it's really like hard to actually. Do I know. That. It's so hard. <laughs> It's so hard and I really hate anyone who's like, oh, you know, just get work-life balance. I'm like, well, when I go to sleep at night, the literally the next 30 minutes I'm thinking about is, you know, as I lie in bed is what are the things I'm going to talk to people about tomorrow morning, reflecting on the day, kind of going, oh, crap, we could have done that a bit better or why don't we go talk to this person about this or why don't we push this to happen a little bit quicker in, you know, the business sense yeah. or, um, you know, supporting um our brands or could we do this a little bit differently so it's hard i don't know the answer <laughs> i don't think there is an answer but have you personally felt it hard when you're gunning for such success and such a unique a unique uh passion around branding and all mm. of that like it's very different to what most of your peers would be doing i assume or at least the peers from back in the day yeah um i don't I think I've found it hard. Like I, I guess I've kind of always been really fortunate to have like a really, you know, supportive network who's like, cool, Jacob's doing his thing. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's sweet. Go, go Jacob. Um, <laughs> and like supporting that. So I guess I've been really lucky in that sense yeah. where, you know, I think there's like, you know, work Jacob who, you know, is in where the people land and then just Jacob on the outside. Yeah. And so I almost kind of, you know, the way I kind of, probably look at it going my weekends like time when I come up for air or when I'm hanging out with my mates like I'm coming up for air um which is really important because it can absolutely feel like and I'm sure you probably had this as well is you go into a week it's like a bubble like a vortex and you come out the end and you're like what the heck (laughs) just (laughs) how are we here I've not like you know I've not been responding to my whatsapp messages or you know that kind of level of you're into it yeah. um, and I could respond, I very much could, but I'm just like so wide and like pumping in this direction that's it's hard to kind of retrain kind of thought. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think definitely. On a personal level, are you ever like, is that the right thing to do? Because uh, I'm always like if I, I kind of always am I like on the other side of the coin, I'm like, if I put, took my foot off the gas here, this would probably be better. But also, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm always, I've, I'm very much like pedal to the metal. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, I'll come in on a morning and be like, I've just seen this. We have to go now. Like, we have to push conversations that we're having now stronger. Like, let's, let's go. Let's, yeah. let's really push this. I think it um, takes that energy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it definitely does. Um, I think it's probably more just like my, you know, in my personal experience, I kind of see an opportunity. I'm like, oh, why aren't we like tapping into this? Like, why aren't we, why aren't we doing yeah. this? Let's do it now. Yeah. Um, let's go for it. So, yeah, I think that kind of overwhelms every mm. other kind of like sense of going, oh, balance or whatnot to like, you know, putting the let's just get it done. Let's mm. just do it because I think this is the right thing to do. Let's jump in head first. Um, yeah. Jumping head first, I guess, is the kind of <laughs> you have to. Really weird, yeah. You literally have to. Are you impacted by that kind of like internet sensation of Gary Vaynerchuk and like all of that? Uh 
Or do you think it no. comes naturally? Because mine comes naturally. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, you, you know, know, hustle guy. Yeah. That's not me. I, I actually hate that. Like, I actually really dislike that kind of hole. I think, you know, um, I think Gary's content is actually really good. Like, when you just listen to him, but then it's kind of like all the other internet Gary Vaynerchuks that keep popping up around and just like, yeah, just feel like snake oil salesman. It's like, guys, you know, go do drop shipping. And that's, you know, that's. <laughs> That's really awesome, but I, I, I just kind of think that my kind of lived experience in building a business has been completely different to kind of that hustle at all costs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think there's a difference between like a spotting opportunity and running 100 miles an hour to get it versus hustling at all costs because yeah. it's kind of a difference where I could, you know, hustle all day every day, but then, you know, that's just kind of doing it. You're like kind of spinning the wheels, getting it done, doing the same sort of thing versus really kind of pointing out an opportunity, setting a plan, really thinking strategically about it because you don't necessarily need to, you know, hustle 24-7 yeah. to take advantage of that opportunity. And nine times out of ten, it's probably not hustling 24-7 to really go, you know, pursue that opportunity or build that product or yeah. grow out that capability. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, I think there's probably the kind of, internet, social media, um, uh, almost posturing around yeah. the space, which I'm just like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not for me. And it might be for some other people and that's, that's awesome, you know, whatever, whatever gets you there. But, um, yeah, I think just kind of in my experiences, it's been more around going, um, building those relationships, um, f- you know, being really strategic around how you go and pursue opportunities yeah. rather than just like grinding up against, you know, a, you know, a rock and yeah. slowly kind of making distance. Um, you have an integrity about you and your approach to work that is sort of unparalleled, firstly for anybody in your age, but also for a new agency of this caliber. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, as opposed to there, I won't name, name names, but there are others in the industry at the moment that are starting from a similar age demographic mm. and building teams and stuff and their retention rate is ridiculous mm. on mm. on employment and yeah. they're they are the faces of their brand and yeah. they're plugging that. But you don't seem to yeah. have that at all. Of course you're managing director, so yeah. you get the new business emails and yes, you are the one that it yeah. all funnels through. Yeah. So you do manage those new client relationships. Yeah. But where do you think that this incredible composure and almost wisdom beyond your years when it comes to business comes from? Have you watched your parents do it since forever? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's a really good question. <laughs> um, who are you, Jake? Who am I? We're going to bring Jacob. like a surprise person into the room. You're like, this is your teacher from first grade. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think the big thing that I always was really passionate about is going. You know, even like the way that I sort of talk about we the people is we. It's not me. Yeah. It's we. It's um, the thing that gets me most excited about what we're doing is building a team who can go and do it themselves. So, you know, we've got like everyone on our team is like awesome, incredible at yeah. what they do. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time really specifically going, how do we find the right people to do that? Because my real goal is going, how do we build a team that runs it? You know, we the people's a we, yeah. not a me. Because if, you know, I sort of really go, my job is to make our people, we in the people, <laughs> <laughs> do really great work, do really great outcomes for clients, build those, you know, and, and push them and support them to the front. You know, yeah. let's get them the attention. Let's get them the celebration. So I don't know where it kind of 
came from. I definitely think probably, you know, growing up, my parents worked really, really hard and yeah. continue to work really hard. Um, but not in the biscuit factory. Not in the biscuit factory, unfortunately. <laughs> um, what did they do? Uh, so teachers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I think it's probably like that whole, um, you know, mum's like planning a lesson at night and yeah. then, you know, going to the next day and she's writing reports. And then it's like, it's not just in the classroom. It's like all these other bits and pieces at home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, potentially that I think. Could, I can kind of see that with the foresight of what she's going to do. Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. Really significantly there. So yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'd love the answer. Um, but I just think, you know, my, my whole drive isn't like, oh, we could make like bag loads of money. Yeah. Like that'd be sick. But that's not, I'm very much like we could build a team, we could solve a problem and go for an opportunity. Like that's the mental tick that mm. I get. Like that's kind of like the dopamine hit rather yeah. than, um, you know, a, you know, getting that Lamborghini. Like that's not. <laughs> That's not you're gonna cut. You're not gonna catch me dead in a Lamborghini. I tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's and yeah. I think it's that kind of like team focus has always been like really big for me, and you know, really a testament to like where we're kind of going and what we what we're going to continue to do. Do you think that brands in Australia are doing enough on TikTok at the moment? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I've sort of toyed with if we should make up a brand right now and I should get you to talk to me about how it works. Yep. Like if I was to email you and I did have budget for yep. with people to take me on, yep. say I was a hair accessory brand yep. and I had a point of difference because I was very good for the planet. Yeah. Um, I am a family business yep. and I'm made from all recycled materials. Yeah. And I am made from plastic bottles and something else that's a great tick. Great tick. Every, all the writing's on the wall that yeah, yeah. I'm the best. Good things. For all the good things, yes. Yeah, yeah, So absolutely. what happens when I email you and I've got budget as a social kind of, as your creative social production, all the things that you do, how mm. does it work? Yeah, so I think it's for staff going like what's the the strategy around how we want to be talked about. Um mm. I think there's kind of two in the TikTok space. There's sort of two lenses that we can bring. One is going, what are we, what are we coming to the table um, uh, with from a brand experience point of view? Mm-hmm. What do we offer? What are we promising? You know, what do we actually do? What don't we do? All that jazz. But then also a, a TikTok um, community perspective. So, yeah. I mean, the big thing that we kind of talk about full stop is um, we participate in community. Whether you're the biggest brand um, in town or your Jimbo's Fish and Chip Shop. Mm-hmm we're kind of taking the same rules that apply for everybody. So I think it's firstly going, okay, from a strategy perspective, what what is your big difference? Right. What is your what is your thing that's different to everybody else? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've probably learned this personally through our growth as well as going, you know, there's a million, you know, brands in every category pretty much now doing everything, yeah. whether it's, you know, um, going through retails or drop shipping or e-com or whatever. So how how do we actually have some points of difference? And if we don't, we need to build some points of difference. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where kind of brand, we can start to come in and build associations around going, well, we want people to really associate our brand with Australia or we want to associate with Byron Bay or we want to uh, be associated with sustainability or whatever those kind of attributes are, starting to build up some of those really clear attributes and really communicating them really strongly. So we've got, okay, these are the five things that we want to be known about. Here's the five things we want to talk about um, based on data mm-hmm. and going, what are we actually seeing is actually going to 
impact an audience? What are they actually looking for? Because if they're not, we should cut it and do something new commercially. Um, and then the second side of what we start to bring is from a TikTok perspective. So going, you know, when we really put on that lens of, okay, now we've got what we want to talk about, what we want to be known for, who we kind of want to impact, we can start to think around, okay, what does it look like for us to participate in community? Mm-hmm. And I think on, on TikTok, what we have is a really unique community-based platform where, um, you know, if we think about social platforms where they started, like Instagram and Facebook, it was you were following a list of, you know, 200, 300 people who are your friends, you're just seeing their content, you're just seeing their worldviews, that's it, Um, versus TikTok where it's more discovery. I'm not actually seeing my mate's content. I'm seeing content based on my interests and what I'm actually looking for. So we've kind of got a really big difference and of going, who are the influencers? What's the content influencers? One on, you know, Facebook and Instagram, what it used to be is um, people you know, versus TikTok as a discovery platform, things you don't know but you're interested in, we're picking up right. you're interested in. So kind of within that, what we're really looking for is going, okay, what, based on these brand attributes, what are the interests that we can align and what mm-hmm. are people interested in and how they're engaging with? But then the second step we sort of start to think about is going, okay, what is the content that people in this interest group or this sub-talk, as we might call it, <laughs> are actually interested in engaging with. What are the formats? Yeah. What are the sounds? What are the trends? What are the creators? What's the lingo? What is the um, styling of the videos? Are they fast? Are they short? Are they long? Are they depth? Do we need detail? All that kind of um, bits and pieces. And what the really great thing with TikTok is we have so much data. Yeah. So, so much data to really start to dig in and understand what um, interest groups um, in sub-talks are looking for. And so... Once we kind of take in all that data, we've got our strategy data set, we've got our TikTok data set, we can really start to mash the two together to Mm -hmm. go around, okay, how do we tactically want to be presenting ourselves uh, into into market through this platform? Um, And that's where we start to create, you know, specific TikTok videos or TikTok content. Um, But it can also be as well, what's the paid kind of approach we're taking on TikTok? How are we going to rock up in the comment section for other creators um, in a really, you know, witty tone of voice. Um, how are we going to amplify other creators' content? So it really is kind of mashing those two together mm. and then it's just a period of trialling stuff out, really trialling stuff out. The great thing with TikTok is um, because on the For You page, if we take an organic approach, uh, organic reach is back. It mm. exists. It doesn't exist on Facebook and Instagram. We have it on TikTok. Um, is that Are each- you finding it doesn't with Reels? Uh, reels now more so mm. we're getting absolutely we're getting some organic reach back on instagram because i think instagram's like heck we need a and maybe the new facebook about, feed and maybe the new facebook feed as well mm-hmm. um so we're definitely seeing a pivot off the back of tiktok influence from from meta's networks um <laughs> i don't know why they, it makes no sense um uh but i think you know with with this organic content is king approach again is that we can try 50 different content pieces and that's it's kind of like content on its own because we're in tick in tiktok it's a discoverable uh, discoverability platform mm-hmm. so uh, it's based on your interest if this specific video might resonate with you it, it, the algorithm will serve it up in the for you page to you based on how you interact with it it might serve it up to other people who've got similar interests and it kind of grows from there so you're getting a really kind of direct response that if the content's getting a lot of views yeah there's something in that that's working if it's not there's something that's not working so what we sort of do after a set of kind of videos is we can start to compare and go okay these attributes are in the videos that work these attributes are in the videos that don't let's double down on the attributes that work cut out the videos that don't and then scale from there so 
it's really a data-led kind of approach. What does the data actually look like? Like what kind of reporting does TikTok spit out at this yeah, level? Yeah, yeah. So we definitely get reporting around, um, uh, you know, video views, engagement times, shares, uh, locations, etc. I think the probably the the data that's more valuable to us is when we kind of set sit two pieces of content side by side and start to go analytically. Why did this piece work? Why did this not work? And then when we've got a number of pieces that do work and a number of pieces that don't, it's going, what are the trends in those that work? Were they all under 10 seconds? Were they all over 15 seconds? So this is the human mind thinking of this. This is not AI giving you numbers. This is just, this is kind of like, and I guess this is really where our team comes in is going, hey, from our, um, our, you know, our team of experts who do this all day, every day for everyone. Um, how do, how can we bring that insight? And that lens to identify those okay. trends to start to go, okay, here's what we're going to double down on. So um, that's a really kind of unique approach to kind of content where previously it was, sure, we'd talk about, you know, we'd put some content on Facebook and Instagram and then we'd talk about, okay, um, you know, let's optimize based on what's working. But there was always this in the background that everything had to be paid, especially, you know, mm-hmm. since probably like 2015, 2016, you had to put paid behind it. So as soon as you're paying for eyeballs, the actual performance is skewed quite significantly. Right. So um, the real great thing about taking an organic approach is that we can actually start to identify these points, double down them, and then scale it quite, you know, um, in in whatever way we, we need to and push mm-hmm. it into paid and whatnot. So, um that kind of is at a high level and there's a little bit more that goes into it, but how we kind of really think about going, okay, let's start to figure out as a brand what we want to talk about, who we are, um, what are the actual traits that, you know, we, we want to be known for uh, from our, our consumer group. Mm. Um, what are we dro- driving from platform, mashing the two together, testing and learning from it. And then we also might come out of that test and learn phase and go, actually, we need to cut two of those things because nobody's interested or people think it's BS. You're not sustainable yeah. at all um, compared to everyone else in the category. <laughs> or, um, you know, that last little thing. My you know, scrunchies are shit. <laughs> absolutely. Or, you know, you, you go that, um, you know, your, your product's actually pretty crappy. So yeah. that's something that we could learn from the data as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of really unique in, in the way that we can actually have all this kind of data that we can analyse now to sort of start to think around how creative works. Um, and what doesn't, and then, you know, actually have some feedback from that content as well to shape product and business at a commercial level. So if a new brand comes and works with you, what's your dream amount of content that you guys create and spit out in this testing phase? When Um, I say a dream brand, like, like a brand comes to you, they've got the dream budget. There's no, they relinquish control to you. Yeah. There's no hurdles. Yeah. We probably have a testing period of about three to four months. And within that, we're probably putting out 30, 40 content pieces. Um, that's probably around what we need to kind of start to get some baselines. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the back of that, we can start to drill down into. And that's know, across all pillars? Uh, across all pillars, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and does that have influencers in it doing all the things, bit of, bit of paid to an influencer to share the content, that kind of stuff as well? Or you mean just, just organic? Just pure organic. Just pure organic. Wow. Um, pure organic. Uh, very much so because. You know, I'd much rather come away from a test and go, well, none of it worked. Let's figure out something else. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the community has spoken, the tribe has smoke, spoken a little bit. <laughs> um, this didn't work. 
okay, why did it work? Was it a TikTok thing? Was it a product thing? Was it an us thing? Yeah. What, what was it? Because then we can actually take quite an analytical approach to go, okay, where was the, where was the fault in the pipeline? Can we fix it mm. or do we need to change it altogether? Because, um, you know, we might have got the approach completely wrong. Okay, let's go try some different approaches to content. Maybe that might work. And we've had conversations about brands reaching out to you, but they don't have the resources to employ We the People in a way that you would like to. Mm. So in a blunt way, you have to send them packing. <laughs> what do you say? Like how would you kind of twist that? strategy that you've just mentioned about doing say 30 to 40 pieces across a couple of months each yep. individual pillar and then doubling down on the strategy seeing what works yep. and then um going for what's working letting go of what isn't if you're a small brand and you potentially have one marketing girl with you or some don't even how how are you seeing those brands succeed yeah i think the the ones that are succeeding and you often kind of see in your TikTok this small business that just pops up. Um yeah. you know, it might be a hospitality business, it might be a econ business. They just jump in and do it. Yeah. Just jump in and just play around. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think with the the strength that we can kind of bring as a as an agency team is that really full strength analytical, we'll make it all, we can we can do it all and put it on a bowl, you know, on, on top for you. Yeah. But at the same time, if you can roll up your sleeves and just start creating content like, you know, if you made a content piece every day for 30 days talking about your product in six different ways, Yeah, you would at the end of the 30 days have some pretty good data that you could start to figure out going, okay, why did, you know, video 3, 18 and 27 work really, really well? Yeah. Oh, they actually all spoke about the same product feature. Because I would be like looking at a blank page being like, derpy dur, like what's, <laughs> what do I write right now? Like what are my headings to actually yeah. get analytical on it? Because yeah. I feel like people would be like, oh, that got, like on Reels I did a booktopia um, real about unboxing my new two books. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't have a book club. I'm not even a bookworm. I have no idea why it did so well. I unboxed it and I used that, um, Love Island. This week on Love Island, we have this person entering <laughs> the villa and I did it and it got 103,000 views. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I looked at it, but then to analyze that versus everything else, I'm like, okay, it was about books. It was about the trending sound. Yeah. It was aesthetically pleasing and it was probably six seconds, but yeah. I'm not going to create a book account now. Yeah. So yeah, working out that analytics, but then to figure out, okay, cool. So the aesthetically pleasing and, and the seven, six, seven seconds worked yeah. and the trending yeah. sound. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's always going to be a trending sound, right? Yeah. You can, uh, I think that that's a really big thing around participating community for, for you know, our folks is going, okay how do we kind of learn from what's working plus what's the attributes that we need to be known for and what are the kind of formats that we need to take really, really clearly for. So, yeah. for example, for one of our um, one of our uh, partners, um, we've figured out really clearly that if they have their staff wearing a certain colour jacket, it's going to work 10 times better than if we don't have those specific people. in. Audiences are so weird. <laughs> you little weirdos. Jackets. Why do you care? Absolutely. But what we sort of have sort of nailed it down to is going, actually, this, you know, the brand is actually quite distinctive in the minds of many people yeah. within Australia already. When we actually double down that, immediately some more attention is given. So we might gain three to four more seconds of attention from audiences mm. as a result of that. So, therefore, we go, okay, the quicker we can get the jacket in, the more time we're going to get when we start to talk about, you know, whatever we're selling. So little things like that, like it doesn't have to be, um, you know, I think starting to be- build out a bit of a formulaic approach around going how do we actually start to think about this and like analysing it. Yeah. Because the other thing I think that's really important to consider as well is 
we could also, you know, we could follow the community all day, every day. And that's really what we, what we want to do. But when we start to think around this the strategy from a brand perspective going, what do we want to be, what do we want to be known for? Mm. There's also commercial implications behind that as well in going, actually, um, you know, we can't be known for this because of whatever reason, or we've actually run out of that stock. We need to push this other product, um, as well. So within that, we also need to start to go, okay, how can we, how can we learn that kind of approach that we're going to take towards content, but then also start to sprinkle in a bit of commercial direction as well. Yeah. So we can start to manually manipulate that. How are you finding working with such big brands? Like even I have it now with. Or in the past when I've done Kmart stuff, we'll be working on a reel or a TikTok for them and they'll be like, oh, hold fire, we sold out of that cushion. Yeah. How, how are you so agile to figure that out? Is agile the right word? Agile? Yeah, agile. Yeah. yeah how agile. do you, how are you guys working at a business level with approvals of such big companies on an app that is so fast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, like, I think we've been in a really lucky position where when we're coming into, um, on the TikTok front to work with with our partners, um, we're the first people on the ground in the TikTok space. Yeah. So there is kind of no set ways of how we do it, you know, mm. uh, built in a corporate structure yet or a, or a hierarchy because, you know, it might be the CEO's never heard of TikTok before. Yeah. They don't really care about Instagram. They want to see every post before it goes out live. So right. um, I think there's kind of a, an essence that we kind of get to set how that works yeah. and really take our, our, our client partners on a bit of a journey around going, hey, here's, let's set up the best practice now at mm. the ground level so that we can, you know, get approvals within 24 hours that we can go and shoot and turn around content in under two weeks. Um, yeah. So that we can be really, really responsive. So you set up those systems beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really big thing around, you know, I think where we can look at going, how can we add value to our partners? And it's going, let's actually help set the process up because we know once we get the process out really, really well, um, we've got the expertise and the capability to come in and really, you know, support, do a really great job of the optimizing, you know, the tactical implementation, the creation, yeah. all that jazz. But when we set the process up well, my goodness, we, we just win. So yeah, that's, that's been a really great thing that we can sort of take those kind of executive leaders on that education journey as well throughout. This is what the platform is. This is how we need to set up for it to do it really, really well. Small, 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 small business. Everyone is starting a business these days. Yeah. What's the number one piece of advice that you would give to them? Ooh, good one. Um, <laughs> I think, I think when I kind of look back and going, what was the, the journey that we sort of, are still on here. Um, with We The People. With We The People. Mm. Um, was starting to go and have really kind of like honest, ruthless conversations with yourself around going, why the hell would anyone come and buy your stuff? Yeah. Now that sounds really harsh, but I think in the context of the agency world, I was like, you know, we're, we're wanting to work with big brands. That's, that's who we unashamedly are ambitious to go work with. Mm-hmm. Um, heads of marketing with nice big budgets who can do great creative things. Um, so why as us in kind of like year two or three, why would, why would that head of marketing come to little old us to kind of do that when they could go to the Saatchi's or the Clems or, um, you know, the specials or the Thinkerbells of the world, why would they come to, to us? And I think that was kind of a question that can quite consistently throughout when we got started, um, needing to kind of keep that at the forefront, have really honest conversations with you because, to be honest, we didn't have an answer. We were just a general kind of social agency. We said, mm-hmm. hey, we can do a bit of everything, nothing really that 
special, you know, about specific in the offering that you could get from here versus another partner um, until probably, you know, the past two, three years where we actually started to go, okay, we need to find a point of difference and be super, super um, focused in on making that point of difference, the key value prop that we could take to a client. So, you know, for us now where it's going, we are now the social general, we are the social agency for the TikTok generation. Mm -hmm. That for us has become a really kind of key pillar. We're going, what is our point of difference? Even if it might not be the most compelling, it might not be the most industry leading, it might not be the most groundbreaking position, but actually starting to build that point of difference in mm. going, hey, if you come to me versus you come to them, this is what you're going to get because that gives you a really great platform that you can start to build off and start to build proof points around and start to build credibility yeah. around. And then all of a sudden you've got um, a really, you know, you've got a really strong fleshed out offering versus kind of going, oh, we want to do everything. Or, you know, if you're a scrunchy brand, for example, what is what is your point of difference versus the 100 other scrunchy brands on Amazon mm-hmm. or um, the 20 other brands in retailers and in Kmart and in Target? So, I think for probably looking back, getting really, really brutally mm-hmm. honest around going, what does that look like? And I think it's probably okay to go, I actually don't know. I don't think I knew for a little while. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And just kind of finding out what that that kind of point of difference is and then starting to build towards that point of difference, I think it's probably been the most significant thing for yeah. us. Even on a very fine, finite version of that, as soon as I put – um, into the Cinema Tom Instagram bio three, four years ago. As yeah. soon as I put um, video in the fashion plus beauty whatever or like fashion and beauty video, yeah, my I was rocketed. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. And then as soon as I start to put myself in that lens and create content around that lens, everybody else followed suit yeah. to put me in that lens yeah. and then I got the work I wanted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge. And it's crazy because I always would hear people be like, oh, you need to specialise. And I was like, that is BS. Like, now nah, we can do everything. Yeah. Like, we got to be everything. But, you know, I think kind of going that specialised role, you can start to be everything after a while. Yeah. But you need a platform that's kind of like your platform to get started. Like, sure, you know, long-term goal, you might want to be able to do everything. You might want to be mm-hmm. able to offer every service. You might want to be able to do small, nimble productions. You might want to do the biggest, baddest TVC productions ever, Mm. you still need a platform to kind of start to open those doors and have those conversations and that only comes through specialising. Have you been put into equations where brands, bigger brands are trusting their clams or their DDBs and whatever in their Instagram, Facebook, media buying and then Mm. they're like, the TikTok guys and you've been in collaboration with? Yeah. Yeah. Is that still happening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Is the goal to be the one? Yeah, I think you might have. Uncover the business strategy there. Um, <laughs> but it absolutely is like, and I think the kind of way that we sort of come towards it is going, hey, this is what we're specialised in doing, but also behind the scenes as well, we're really intentionally building out a incredible kind of client services offering. Yeah. So going, okay, what is the experience when um, a marketing team or a brand team comes works with we the people? Mm. How do we make that hour that they spend with us the best hour they have in mm. their day, the most engaging, the most thoughtful, the most insightful hour they have? Uh, within their day. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the, the thing that we've, we've really realised, and I mean, we're called We're the People, and I sort of keep going, we're the people people in what should be a people <laughs> industry, right? Um, and 
you know, for, for us, it's really going, okay, how do we start to build that experience with us that's built in partnerships? So how do we build those partnerships with people and everybody on the client side's teams? Yeah. Because with that starts to come trust and with that trust comes more opportunity um, because, you know, we, we can absolutely, you know, we, we're really bold and proud about what we can do and also, you know, look to partner in with other people and specialists like yourself for things that we maybe can't do mm. um, the best or we bring in the best people to, to do that. And so um, that kind of level of trust is absolutely built over time. And so for us, it's going, hey, look, this is our, this is our point of difference to start off with. But when you start to get to know the people and build the trust and, and mm. build those relationships and build those those partnerships and we really go, we're building partnerships with our partners here, not just client relationships, um, yeah. that really puts us in a great position to, um, you know, gain that trust because with trust comes, you know, the willingness to do bigger, bolder, crazier things, take bigger risks, try new strategies um, and that, you know, you need time to build that trust. So that kind of people partnership piece is so incredibly important. Um, you know, not the kind of big shiny thing that we lead with at the moment where we're talking about TikTok and, you know, our, our kind of value prop around making brands great storytellers. But when you kind of come in the fold, that's the real focus for us to go, okay, how do we start to build those deep roots and those partnerships yeah. that you go, hey, yeah, I can trust them um, because they mm. do a bang up job uh, every day of the week. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. What are you seeing next for this landscape? Obviously, Facebook just overnight when yeah. is that when's that going to roll out anytime you update the app or i don't know i just or has it just been announced literally just read the announcement this morning okay and who's it by by facebook and i said okay. a little it's not adam obviously adam's instagram no 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 okay. adam i don't know why adam's still there um <laughs> <laughs> poor guy um yeah, I guess I sort of put it in a Slack channel with our team this morning and everyone's okay. just like, okay, here we go. Yeah, something's <laughs> Roll going your sleeves. on here. Roll your sleeves. <laughs> um, uh, and I've got your question. What is next? What is next? Like what are you seeing as a lot of people are talking about AI, a lot of people yeah. talking about sound yeah. and sonic marketing, yeah. a lot of people obviously talking about video first platform. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's a mixture of everything, right? So I think first and foremost, sound within a uh, like a video platform is, you know, continuing to be more key. You mm -hmm. know, TikTok is sound on, Facebook and Instagram has been sound off. So suddenly sound's added to the equation mm -hmm. of what that social experience looks like. So first and foremost, I think that's a big um, growth there that we'll continue to see. Second as well, I think social commerce is going to really take off. Um, we really kind of look towards um, apps in the East like, um, you know, WeChat or Douyin, so the Chinese version of TikTok. Um, and the kind of roadmap that they have mapped out with Douyin is uh, that they're selling literally tens of millions of dollars worth of product on live streams uh, and yes. through live stream social commerce, which we really kind of look at that I've and go. I've done a couple of those. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like I've set them up, done the lighting, done yeah. the actual production side of it. Yeah. And then I'm like, is this it? And there's a, <laughs> this, the influencers there, K, yep. KOLs. Yep, KOLs, KOLs arrive. Yep. Very, very cool. Then they yeah. just chat and they know their audience. Yep. There's one camera. And then they just try on a bunch of stuff and then it all sells. It's crazy. It is crazy. And that's and, but it's something that our market just does not really do. It doesn't. And it's I think it's really interesting. I think it's probably gonna be really interesting for um the Australian and New Zealand market because we so look throughout Southeast Asia um and you know, broad Asia as well. Mm. This is really popular. This is the way people buy stuff. Yeah. Um the kind of relationship between a 
KOL or an influencer and a, and a kind of a consumer is direct with the kind of retailer or the brand just sort of taking a cut on the way through. So what you, what we really expect to see in the next five years is the growth really aggressively in that. Um, and I think we'll sort of see the platform starting to do that with the intention of going, hey, we don't need you to, you know, click on the ad, go to the website, put it in the cart, fill out your info, then we'll ship it. Mm-hmm. It's, I oh, saw that ad click purchase straight away. We've already got your details. We've got your delivery address. It happens in one click. So kind of t- breaking down that journey from six steps down to one or two um, right. is really what I think we'll sort of see that happening in, you know, an actual rise of social commerce, which everyone's been talking about forever. But I actually think we'll start to see the tools and the infrastructure to support that happen in the next um, next five years. There's a lot of um, like an update that happened and came out, I think, last week, um, that they're going to start to allow live to be pre-recorded yeah. sort of production value yeah. to become live. Do you see any value in that? Um, yes and no. Like I think the, like I guess a kind of driving priority for us at the moment and the way that we sort of see the landscape is one, participating community, if we're going to have success on social mm-hmm. in the long term, we need to participate in community first and foremost. And part of that is treating social as a two-way street. So whilst if we pre-record stuff, we have more control, we have more um, polish that we can de- necessarily bring to the table, Yeah, but we lose. It really is on that live thing being yeah. like, oh, hey, Sarah, you're here. Oh, yeah. sorry, what was your question? Yeah. What is my, oh, I'm wearing a size 10. Absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. We lose out on that as well. And yeah. so I think ultimately when we look back and going, how are people using these platforms? What's the value that they're getting out of it? Mm. Going live and taking that risk to be a bit more interactive, a bit more lo-fi, a bit more real in yeah. that kind of um, space is is what drives that interaction, what makes it so powerful. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll probably see a bit of both. Um, but again, I'd sort of say if we're participating in community and if we're treating social as a two-way street, yeah, needing to open the gates a little bit there. I have so many clients. I had one yesterday that called me and I was like, da-da-da, talking about real strategy. And I was like, you guys on TikTok? She's like, no, our market's not there. She, her brand demo is thirty two fifty, I think. Yeah. What do you say to those people? I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> they're there and yeah it's there and i mean where we very much expect that in uh, tiktok's audience in australia will eclipse instagrams before the end of the year so from you know an audience that's sitting there but then everybody's on tiktok i think some of the you know the the data that we we get to see around engagement is really quite significant. Um, you know, we sort of see that, again, when we think about what people are using different social channels for, for Instagram and Facebook, ultimately they're engaging with content from friends, brands and creators that they're already following. Mm-hmm. So we're following the people, not the interest versus on TikTok where you're purely being served up interest-based content. Yeah. So that is a far more lucrative mindset where, you know, I think we've kind of been trained down on Instagram to scroll past and give everything two seconds of attention. Mm. We're on TikTok, people, it's it's video content. We're quite seeing a lot more users are willing to spend more time watching the video to understand it because behaviourally mm. they're not trained to scroll past everything because it's probably an ad. Yeah. Um, that's that's that attention is so far more valuable because we've now got extra four seconds to start to engage someone and tell them about your brand. So, uh, and it's also based on interest as well. It's not just these are the set of people you're following. So, mm. ultimately, I have to look within that and go, hey, if you're not starting to think about TikTok now, you need to get on it. And also, I think especially for small and medium businesses as well, organic reach is incredible. Like, yeah, that is free eyeballs that 
you have to pay for on on Instagram or Facebook, even if it you know even if it screws up and you spent six hours over two weeks making TikTok content yeah. and it didn't perform. That investment, you know, ultimately you've learned something. You've probably figured out a little bit more around your products and what people are saying about it because you're going to get a lot more engagement and response from the community on TikTok than you are getting on, on Instagram at the moment. Yeah. Um, but you've also kind of put, you know, yourself the chance of your video might reach 50, 100,000 um, eyeballs. Yeah. And from that, you've actually got a platform that you can actually start to build at a really low cost. Yeah. option as well, whether organically or start to explore paid as well. So I, I really kind of think, you know, the excuse now of I'm not on TikTok, our audience is not there is not an excuse that flies anymore um, yeah. for any brand that we're working with. Um, that's where attention is. That's where attention is shifting because I guarantee if you're not having these conversations now, you're going to be having them in two years' time and go, wow, I wish, I wish yeah. we invested in that early those early-ish kind of days yeah. of TikTok and really spent some time to build up those um you know those relationships and build up that following and that audience. Um yeah, I I just think it's the number one thing that you could do in your marketing right now is spend some time figuring out TikTok, playing around with it. If it goes great, wow, awesome. If it doesn't, no stress. Yeah. You know, it's 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 time versus money you're throwing in to to do it. And I know, you know, kind of resource comes with that. But I, I just think that the potential for really positive return and impact on business is yeah. it, it like the metrics are so skewed towards having a positive outcome that, you know, you, you'd be silly not to do it. So do TikTok. <laughs> and you're, are you seeing people posting? I think small businesses struggle with this. And the number one question I get asked is, can you post the same thing to reels as you do to tiktok my approach is just give you tiktok a heartbeat so if you need to create something for reels yeah. just post it and yeah. see how it goes and yeah. use it as a learning experience do absolutely. you agree absolutely yeah absolutely i think um you know let's be honest reels is tiktok ripped off yeah. that is what the product is <laughs> so um you know the kind of same principles and you know we're sort of applying this for broader social strategy across uh, pretty much all our partners now is going, the TikTokification of social has happened yeah. and it's continuing to happen. So the kind of insights and content that we learn in that short form video content that would sit on TikTok also applies really well on Reels, also applies really, really well on Facebook as well. So the kind of content is becoming so, uh, I'm not sure the exact word for it, but like you can use it everywhere. Yeah. Um, there is no, there is, you know, the and rules are essentially the same and now on Facebook mm. as well. So yeah, I, Share it, post it, get it out there. Absolutely. Who do you follow on TikTok? Um, everyone. Do you follow anyone spicy that I wouldn't expect you to follow? <laughs> um, oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and I spend so much time on TikTok as well. I spend so much time on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I have been really getting into, and maybe this is really weird, um, Videos of this guy who goes to farms and he cleans cows' hooves. I've been shared up all these content pieces. That was the last thing I expected and you it's to like, say. He, it's kind of like this weird kind of. That um, would be so aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it's a little bit aesthetically pleasing kind of element to it. But, it, yeah, it's so weird and I keep watching all of them and I'm like, oh, this is a bit gross. But he's like, <laughs> he's cleaning it out and then he's like, you know, reshaping the hoof to be like flat and then I'm not sure about that. Um, Do you have a passion for cattle or farms? Not really. Okay. Not really. <laughs> 
I watched Yellowstone. I was like, ah, oh, should be a cowboy. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, weird kind of. That's that's my. That's the that's whole your bag. Right yeah, now. really interesting. It's probably gonna be something else in a week's time. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I haven't seen those. Yeah, I'll send them to you. I'm gonna do- <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Um, let's give We The People a little shout out. Where can people find you? Yeah, wethepeople.com.au. But, yeah, if you want to want to chat TikTok, you want to chat social, you want to chat digital, give us a call. We're chat. working out between us at the moment how we can kind of work with small businesses together. I don't yeah. know how that's going to come off because both of us are so busy. Yeah. But I feel the need for that Something there. so much. Yeah. So stay tuned yep. for that. That brings me to the end of my chat with Jacob. Big thank you to Aloka for sponsoring this episode. The girls behind Aloka are really passionate and every day they seem to list new beautiful homes. Elise and Rachel have a great community of properties. They have price transparency as a priority and you're in contact with the property owners the whole time for any questions or those last minute changes that pop up on shoot day. Check them out and support women in business because we love a good business led by women too. Head to aloka.com.au. Next week's episode airing on Sunday is our last episode for season one of Process the Podcast. And to show your support, I would love you to leave a review or share it with a friend who you think would get benefit out of listening to this episode. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week.